Welcome back. This is a quite uh, unusual episode. I usually do not comment the current news, but I want to give you a few takes on the, what's going on uh, when it comes to the open air drama that uh, most people in the tech industry have been following. And I think it's quite important to make sense of it because uh, there are a few uh, important uh, root causes of, uh, of uh, what's going on at OpenAI. But uh, let me recap a little bit what, uh, what, what uh, happened. And a quick uh, premise here. I am just going with the flow. And, uh, uh, you know, again, I've been uh, following the whole thing since the, the onset. I've been looking at discussions, uh, following discussions, doing discussions and stuff like that. So I'll just go with the flow. And, uh, you know, I don't have any backup right now uh, as I talk. So. Uh, a lot of stuff is speculation because we don't know the background there, but there are a few news that came out that t- told us a little bit of the story. But just to be short here, the whole thing started on Friday night when uh, something uh, was going on at OpenAI and the news came out which uh, shocked everyone in the tech industry, which was that uh, the CEO of the company, Sam Altman, was hosted. Now, usually, um, you know, you know, this news was shocking for several reasons. Uh, first of all, of course, OpenAI is the leading uh, tech player in the industry, which right now is the hottest industry that, uh, you know, uh, we, we're, we're, uh, we're, um, which is getting developed. And, you know, it's not like OpenAI is just like $100 billion company. This is uh, like OpenAI is most probably the next uh, multi-trillion dollar company. I mean, anyone that uh, would place his bet, and, you know, if you ask me before this weekend, who would be the company that would emerge, uh, you know, um, the, as, as a company, leading company from the AI race, I would have told you absolutely OpenAI, even more than other companies like Microsoft. So this thing was shocking because, of course, OpenAI uh, was not uh, having issues in terms of, uh, you know, at uh, operating level, quite the opposite. It was uh, going very fast. And just a few days ago, they launched also a very interesting development, which was uh, the, the, the store of OpenAI, which uh, pretty much was uh, sort of uh, assembling together all the tools that OpenAI had launched uh, in the last uh, year within ChatGPT, which enabled uh, pretty much uh, developers or anyone, even not developers, to just use, for instance, uh, natural language to develop their own uh, custom GPTs. This was, to me, a quite uh, important turning point. And again, this was more like uh, repackaging of all the tools that already have been built at that point and then launching them through a new sort of uh, experience and marketplace, which was supposed to be a sort of new app store. So a store of GPTs that uh, users could make private or they can share with other users and therefore enable others uh, to, to, to use. Now, what's going on there? Uh, what's uh, happening? Let me give you a little bit of background as a reminder, because I've been covering uh, the corporate structure of OpenAI uh, since the, the start. And um, pretty much, uh, I think uh, that one is the most troubled element that we have here. Because uh, if you go on the blog on 4WeekMBA, where uh, I covered in detail once OpenAI uh, is the corporate structure, you're going to see that pretty much the kind of model that OpenAI followed to achieve its uh, mission, let's remind that the mission of OpenAI is to achieve a sort of safe AGI, uh, was that uh, you could... Uh, uh, the 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 um, you have to a uh, sort of hybrid structure where there is a non-profit uh, foundation 
which is uh, the one that actually manages the, the for-profit uh, company. Uh, and the for-profit company is a capped uh, for-profit company, meaning that if you invest into the, the for-profit company, you're not going to get uh, you know, an, inf an indefinite uh, you know, number of shares. For the coming years, you're just going to get a share of the profits until uh, your investment is going to be paid back, and therefore those shares, those shares will go back to the to the for profit and therefore to the foundation and non profit that is leading the for profit. Now, why is this interesting in the first place, and why is this the core issue here? Well, because uh, the kind of structure, the corporate structure of OpenAI uh, has been so far quite opaque, to say the least. And uh, imagine this case that where you have a non profit board uh, that uh, has the power to fire the CEO without consulting anyone of the shareholders within the for-profit company. So imagine the case again, you are Microsoft, you have put billions of dollars into OpenAI and they don't even consult you before uh, making a final judgment and call on firing uh, Sam Altman. So for those all those people that um, for months have been arguing that Microsoft was in control of OpenAI, I always say the same thing, it's not the case. Because for the kind of opaque structure that OpenAI has so far, uh, they could do whatever they wanted because at the end of it, the decision-making power was in the end of the foundation. Uh, and therefore, that was the whole problem. Uh, with this sort of uh, you know a corporate structure which is kind of weird i don't think uh, we have anything uh, you know any precedent here uh, especially for a company that uh, is worth uh, such a huge amount of money that was uh, going to be worth potentially a trillion dollars who knows in the next uh, decade it's uh, quite worrying that uh, we uh, allow i think in the first place those kind of structures and again just as a, as a reminder you have a um, non-profit board uh, which is led by a few people of which some uh, don't even have a stake into the company and uh, some of them also may have some conflict of interest with, with OpenAI and uh, then uh, those that can make uh, decisions without involving uh, any of the investors on top of the for-profit organization. Now, why is OpenAI um, uh, followed uh, such opaque and uh, very weird corporate structure? As a quick reminder, the history of OpenAI uh, spans back to, you know, probably a decade and more. Um, and especially there has been a different turning point um, in the OpenAI history. And as a reminder, OpenAI started as an attempt to uh, counteract on the top of uh, Google monopoly on uh, AI when Google acquired uh, uh, DeepMind. Uh, I think it was back in 2012-13. Uh, anyhow, Google acquired DeepMind back then uh, for uh, over $500 million and uh, uh, there was a sort of monopoly for AI uh, and machine learning back then uh, from the Google part which worried other players and other entrepreneurs like for instance Elon Musk. So what happened there is Elon Musk, uh, Sam Altman and a few other key people like Greg, uh, Greg Brockman got together, uh, decided to start OpenAI as a uh, an open research lab where they were supposed to publish everything they did when it came to uh, you know uh, new AI and machine learning uh, models and um, at a certain stage though uh, by 2018 there was a turning point where um, first of all uh, Elon Musk uh, uh, was uh, got uh, himself out of OpenAI also for a conflict of interest meaning that uh, he uh, understood at the time that he needed to actually go all in uh, on AI for Tesla and therefore he started to focus on self-driving uh, for Tesla which 
made him a little bit uh, which created of course as you can imagine conflict of interest especially if you think that uh, AI talent already at the time was uh, quite rare and therefore uh, they were competing for the same resources at the same time OpenAI which was initially set as a, a research lab and therefore as a sort of non-profit then he uh, transitioned to a different model because they understood that uh, they needed uh, you know source of capital and if you go back to the episodes on this podcast you're gonna find all the explanation in details of the whole story the details and stuff like that and also the transition but the interesting part here is that uh, OpenAI transitioned not uh, just for uh, with a, a for-profit model they came up with this new uh, let's call it innovative legal structure but as we saw there is there was uh, this innovation didn't work at all actually if they stuck with uh, with uh, uh, with a simple for-profit or like a sort of C corporation they might uh, they might uh, um, uh, have cleaned uh, what has become a mess now but anyhow uh, OpenAI uh, understood that uh, actually uh, in order for them to keep progressing in the AI space they needed a lot of capital to actually improve computing power to make sure that they could use a huge amount of GPU computing to scale up their large language models and that's what they did they started to partner up they uh, transitioned to a hybrid model where there was again this non-profit uh, which controlled this for-profit capped company they started to take investments and by 2019 um, you know uh, Microsoft started to put the first billion into the company which was a huge amount of money back then uh, as well and um, uh, they started OpenAI started to accelerate in the development of uh, the GPT models which are the ones that actually made the success of the company and let's remind that uh, you know if we look at the turning point GPT-1 was uh, uh, cool model but nothing special GPT-2 started to make um, sense in terms of uh, commercial development because uh, it was uh, generating started to generate generate interesting stuff also from a, a text uh, generation standpoint but the real turning point was in 2020 with GPT-3 uh, which uh, sort of already uh, shocked the industry for the advancement of uh, those large uh, lang language models anyhow everything changed in uh, 2022 November end of November when OpenAI finally stumbled upon the most successful launch in uh, startup history which was ChatGPT fast forward to today uh, with ChatGPT most probably a company that uh, with OpenAI uh, that through ChatGPT and uh, its API endpoint um, and especially ChatGPT is probably a company that's generating already over uh, a billion in uh, ARR so in annual recurring revenue we have one of the most uh, the fastest company most probably uh, you know again uh, al aligned to become the the one of the most po powerful tech players in the in the in one of the hottest industry at least for the for the next uh, decade or two decades so what happened why um, this uh, this hosting of Sam Altman well for the news that we got so far interestingly enough there is not enough evidence that there was any wrongdoing from the part of Sam Altman uh, we'll see if anything comes up but nothing was confirmed it seems that this was more like a sort of a fight um, uh, that uh, ensued um, sort of uh, inside the company for whoever had the control of uh, the strategy going forward but without uh, any sort of uh, 
uh, reasoning behind why you would uh, kick uh, out someone like uh, uh, Sam Altman from the company. The interesting part is, as uh, Sam Altman uh, pretty much was kicked out, uh, Greg Brockman, the uh, former CTO, um, actually joined him and uh, this created like really a mutiny within the company. And after a few hours, uh, many within the company, actually almost everyone within the company, uh, you know, signed a letter for the board to reconsider what they were doing or they would have gotten like uh, the, the immediate uh, sort of um, of uh, um, you know uh, <clears throat> they, they, they would have left the company uh, everyone would have left the company now what's going on what are the scenarios ahead uh, and again I will toggle a few things on uh, why is this event extremely important Right now, uh, we see uh, what is going to happen. Uh, interesting news are coming out, like for instance, uh, the fact that uh, in the uh, throughout the weekend, uh, as uh, the board had fired the same Altman, they had approached uh, Anthropic uh, CEO Dario Modei to merge together with Anthropic, which is kind of crazy to think about it, because uh, if you are uh, really worried about AI safety and uh, the sustainable development of the AI industry, you don't go for a merger, you just uh, keep enabling competition because these enable companies to invest a massive amount of money, not just on scaling, but also on, on, on safety, uh, because you have a lot of economic resources that you can employ to that. And especially you need uh, safety uh, built-in measures within those AI models when you need to scale them commercially, uh, because otherwise there is no way you can scale them in the first place. So let's remind that. So it's kind of crazy to think that uh, the board that uh, actually claimed that they were um, focused on the mission uh, to enable like uh, safe AI at scale, in reality, they were also looking for something that uh, would limit competition, would actually increase concentration and would therefore create a sort of monopoly into the AI industry. Now, uh, the, um, the other thing that happened is that the former CEO of Twitch was also nominated as a sort of a, a CEO of OpenAI, new CEO of OpenAI. And also this was an interesting development because uh, the thing is, um, uh, you know, that uh, uh, the, the CEO of, uh, of um, the former CEO of Twitch, now uh, CEO of OpenAI, uh, on uh, Twitter expressed his uh, belief in having to slow down the strategy, the growth strategy of OpenAI, which I would remind is uh, quite kind of problematic to me when you say that, that uh, your main mandate is going to be to slow down the growth of OpenAI, because uh, let's remind when you are on a rocket ship, when you are uh, driving growth for a company that is growing uh, through a hockey stick growth, uh, it's not like you can control growth uh, very, uh, you know, uh, as, as easily as you imagine, because a lot of uh, this growth is also uh, sort of uh, uh, becoming coming as a result of an industry that is growing exponentially, meaning that if you don't keep uh, the rate of growth together with the rate of growth of the industry, you're pretty much becoming irrelevant very quick. So imagine the case of an industry that is growing, uh, you know, at 10x each year for the next two, three years, you know, again, just uh, pure speculation here, uh, but we're starting from an industry that was worth zero or was worth like a few billion dollars a few years back. And now we're talking about uh, an industry that is going toward the, the trillion dollars uh, mark in terms of a uh, potential potential value. So imagine that we have this 10x growth uh, uh, in terms of the industry and then you have a company like OpenAI that is the fastest growing on this, uh, company within this industry that is uh, uh, sort of trying to slow down. It means that you're saying that you want other competitors to just take over and then you want to become irrelevant. 
And this will create issues within the company because you're going to see uh, many talented people leaving because of that. Because uh, once uh, they see that other companies are becoming the most relevant ones in the AI industry, you're pretty much killing your most, uh, you know, uh, your most valuable talent within the company. So to me, it was already troubled that they got someone with a sort of mandate, or at least probably that's what he uh, understood was uh, his mandate to actually join OpenAI as a CEO and then slow things down uh, from a commercial standpoint, which again, the the main mistake here is thinking that uh, commercial um, development of the AI industry and the commercial, uh, you know, sort of rollout of the AI industry at turns into uh, non-safe AI, which I think it's a huge, huge mistake because I think it's the opposite. When you have a lot of resources in the AI industry for the commercial development, what happens is that when you're trying to um, to roll out AI at scale, the first thing that you want to do in the commercial side is to remove all the unsafe parts to simplify the AI as much as possible to make it as scalable as possible. So it means that in order for you to scale AI from a commercial standpoint, um, is uh, is um, uh, pretty much uh, you know a way for us to make it uh, much safer, reliable uh, at scale. This is extremely important to mind. A third aspect is uh, uh, again about uh, uh, the the uh, AI uh, the you know uh, so-called effective altruism movement, which so far has proved to be the most destructive destructive force in the in the tech industry. And uh, the reason why is because those people, uh, in most cases, are people that don't have any skin in the game, and those are people who are, uh, you know, philosophizing about uh, what we should be doing next without any uh, sort of experience in the industry, any technical understanding, and uh, any uh, actually understanding of a market economy or market system works. And on the other side, even when you have uh, some uh, effective artists as very technical people, uh, then you're missing the other side, meaning that you have technical people. Um, that are quite technical, but then they miss all the other nuances of what it means to actually develop a technology at scale, which is completely something completely different from prototy prototyping or researching a new technology. is a completely different process. So in the process of researching a technology uh, and prototyping a technology, you need very good technical analytical thinkers. When you need to scale a technology, especially at commercial level, to make it sustainable, safe, and secure, you need holistic thinkers, people that can understand the nuances of a market system where you need to find a match distribution with the technical and technological capabilities, where you need to strip away all the unsafe part in order for the technology to be able to scale in the first place. So this is a reminder of what's going on here. And uh, another uh, key element here, again, is the, this uh, sort of understanding that right now the main issue and probably the main reason why OpenAI was structured in the first place as a sort of a hybrid structure with this very weird and opaque corporate structure uh, was the fact that um, Sam, Altman, uh, Sam Altman wanted to appeal to those uh, uh, effective altruist people, those people that uh, looked at uh, AI as this grandiose mission uh, without understanding that AI is the next level of software that we have and we need to treat it as such the development of a new software industry if we don't want to create further damage to to society. And with that in mind, uh, this shows us the path forward and uh, the various scenarios that we can have. What are the possible scenarios? Well, 
Right now, the news is, uh, of course, Satya Nadella has announced that uh, is uh, uh, available in uh, taking uh, uh, Sam Altman and Greg Brockman and whoever from OpenAI wants to join Microsoft into an advanced AI research arm that uh, uh, is going to see Sam Altman as uh, the CEO within Microsoft of that sort of spin-off. But at the same time, we can have probably three scenarios here. Uh, we, I, I'll mention the... the uh, worst case, uh, best case and middle case scenario. The middle case scenario is that, uh, again, Sam Altman uh, joins uh, Microsoft, uh, uh, opens up this new unit and then it starts from scratch by taking into account that uh, they have a, a huge start uh, as they have the computing power that Microsoft has into uh, the Azure supercomputer to uh, speed up the development of a new AI uh, foundational model uh, that um, uh, that uh, competes with uh, with uh, with the OpenAI. The middle case scenario is uh, is uh, that uh, Sam Altman uh, Sam Altman goes uh, his own way and creates a startup from scratch with new funding and everything else to uh, start uh, start competing again. Um, uh, you know on the AI industry. Worst case scenario, uh, um, you know, um, really uh, is that, uh, um, sorry, best case scenario to me is that uh, OpenAI team gets back together and they get, they, uh, get back to work. So again, uh, worst case um, here, uh, just to recap, and I think I missed one of the three, but worst case scenario is uh, um, OpenAI uh, board uh, doesn't uh, go back on its step and therefore we have a complete uh, disgregate, a complete uh, uh, you know the the destroyance and uh, will kill the most valuable uh, AI company uh, in the world right now and a company that was supposed to become the next Microsoft. Middle case scenario is uh, you know um, uh, Sam Altman uh, joins Microsoft. Best case scenario is OpenAI team gets back on track and they keep working on the AI industry now. No, uh, all, not all news is bad news, meaning that uh, what's going on right now made us realize uh, even more that uh, the main issue here uh, is an opaque uh, cor corporate structure that was given by the fact that uh, uh, you cannot uh, have effective altruism as a leading power to, for the development of the technological industry. Hope that uh, this is finally the time that we understand it because uh, uh, this is something that can create uh, even further damage but uh, the interesting part to me is that the second order effects of this whole thing are that uh, actually um, you know uh, we'll see uh, the development of uh, the foundational model in a way more competitive way because if you slow down if you have slowed down OpenAI and potentially you are killing OpenAI it means that now there is going to be space again for other startups to uh, come up in the foundational layer because let's remember let's remember right now if you wanted to compete uh, in the foundational layer with OpenAI with such a leap it was not uh, convenient to do so but right now with a uh, new space uh, into the industry with a major player actually going down it means that there is a huge amount of space for new startups even to uh, start uh, from the foundational layer and therefore develop new uh, large language models like uh, sort of ChatGPT uh, from, from scratch. Of course, they will need a lot of resources, at least like one or two billions uh, in funding. But uh, if anyone is uh, looking to do that, uh, and if we see like uh, the emergence of a dozens of startups that will try to tackle the foundational layers for the industry overall, this is going to be good because it means that we're going to see the development of an industry that is not going to be uh, monopolized anytime soon. So not all bad news uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's gonna have uh, bad uh, outcomes or consequences anyhow we we'll see what's going on but again 
here the root cause of everything here as i've been pointing out in the last year has been the opaque corporate structure it has been the fact that openai could leverage its non-profit to actually uh, close impressive funding rounds without though uh, having accountability from a decision-making standpoint on the main investors who put in their money which is something that cannot happen and if i were the antitrust i would actually focus on that on the corporate structure of ai companies that right now are enabled to uh, go with those innovative legal uh, structures which don't make sense because right now what we need is uh, innovation in terms of product and the ai models underlying those product uh, the structures and legal entities structures that we have right now are good enough for us to move forward and um, uh, again, we'll see what's going on, but the hope is that uh, the market can get actually stronger um, uh, according to what happened and that we can free ourselves from some of the BS that uh, has been going on in the last 10-15 years, especially with effective altruism. I hope that we can put an end to it and we can move forward, everyone, with the understanding that developing AI commercially is not the devil, quite the opposite, is what can help us understand what we need to strip away from the AI to make it work at scale, make it safe, make it, make it reliable. And that's the way to go. Mm -hmm.